It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey and you're listening to the guys on Coppen Fracas. The best word I can say to describe this one. Boom. <laughs> Miller, lovely cushion header. Hello and welcome to a brand new edition episode of Cop and Fracas. Um, I'm here with you today, you know, of our seventh win in a row, brought to you by our, our scousers in the team, you know. Um, I don't, what do they call our, our, our academy? Well, Kirkby now, Kirkby yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it used to be Melwood, but now, yeah, Kirby boys, you know, which is it's not often that I say that because I feel like our academy doesn't produce as many, like, gems as others. But, like, today they've really come through. But, yeah, um, I've got another gem with me podding today. My boy Mush, how you doing? Oh, that's ever so kind, bro. Uh, yeah, man, happy to be here. Happy to be back on the pod when there's... I feel like I was on every pod for, like, three months where we couldn't win and it was just the same complaints, but... Yeah, man. Lovely to be back into um, into winning ways, man. It's a, it's an exciting time. Looking forward. Um, you was catching flights, not feelings, yeah. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> Avoiding all Liverpool base. Even last week, you guys were like, uh, "I just landed," and they were like, "Was anyone free for a pod?" I was like, "I don't know what's happened in the world of football, but maybe maybe the trick is for me to leave this sport alone, man. That's when everyone does well." So, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, let, let, let's get into it. Um, well, before we get into it, I obviously do the, the usual housekeeping. So, you know, follow us on our socials, the Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you know, at Cop and Fracas. Um, and yeah, our patron as well get subscribed to that if you're not already. We have so much content coming out weekly. Um, for, for as little as three pounds a month, you know, we bring you so much fantastic content. Um, so yeah, get on that. But 
let, let, let's get into it. Um, yeah, we obviously, we, so we played late this weekend. Um, everyone that had already played before us, um, we Monday Night Football, and we're playing against Leicester. So, do you know what? My thoughts before this game was like, I've been watching Leicester a lot this season. Um, I don't know, I feel like they have some players that like, I just, obviously I like Madison, Barnes, like just some players that you just think, you know when Leicester's on like Sky Sports, you think, mm, all right, cool, I'll, I'll tune into that. But yeah, yeah. they're just, they're just a, poor, a poor, they've just been a poor team, like, they score goals, but they concede a heck of a lot of goals. Like, and it just feels like I felt like for most of the season, their players have just been like, "Well, we've got the quality to stay up, man. Like, we're not really gonna get relegated. Like, I can't be yeah, asked, but we're yeah, not really. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I thought I, that's the attitude I've got from them, where it's like, mm, we're not really gonna get relegated, but like, now you're there, like you're really there, and they just don't seem to be waking up. And they tried to bring like you know Vardy back into the team. We saw Johnny Evans back today, um, but. Yeah, I feel like it might be too little, too late, but there's something about playing these kind of relegation, you know, these teams that have to strip, um, battle relegation, have to stay up. You know, you always just think maybe they can spring a surprise, which is funny because it's like they've been shit for most of the year, but <laughs> we always think that they can spring a surprise on us. Yeah. Like, but then you know, to be fair, we did lose to 19th and 20th two weeks in a row. So we have legitimate cause yeah, to yeah, yeah. we might lose. That PTSD, you know I mean? yeah, definitely from playing lower league. But funny enough, with this new system of, that we're going to talk about, we've been doing quite well against these teams. But yeah, I just felt like it could be a banana slip, you know, away from home. We haven't been great this season. But yeah, how did you feel going into this game? Was you a bit nervous? Was you feeling, was you feeling confident? How did you yeah. feel? Yeah, I, th- I think obviously sc- scars and trauma run deep, right, from this season. So yeah. weirdly enough, maybe in the mindset a lot of us, a lot of us have been in, even though we've been on this winning run, we've almost been trying to pick holes into why it won't last or why it's not as good as we think it is. And and I think today was a real turn for me about like, nah, we're we're actually a quality team who. Yeah. Who, who are now quality, not that we've always been quality this season, but we're now just at a level where if the season, if this were the start of the season, then going on, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to be, you know, fighting right up there in the league. But mm-hmm. it's um, it's not the case, far from. But, but I think today was a real statement about like, you know, I think the bigger thing was we watched the Brentford game and Brentford... Though they didn't have any clear-cut chances, it felt like there were a lot of 2v2s, 3v3s, and Boimo playing well, where today it just we just didn't give Leicester a sniff at all of, of anything. So it was it was the more the um controlling the the tempo and the the feel of the game, which was more of a statement for me than just the scoreline. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I definitely agree with you. Definitely a dominant performance for sure. Um, and yeah, just obviously the lineups. If you didn't know, um, I think we made two changes um, from the last lineup. Um, Allison in goal, Trent at right back, um, Kanate and Van Dijk in um, partnering each other in, in, in the defence. Robertson left back, Fabinho, Henderson, and Jones, and um, Diaz, Gakpo, and Salah up top. Um, Leicester, I think they brought back. Um, yeah, they brought back Johnny Evans. Um, they brought Ndidi into the starting lineup, and yeah, I don't know. They kind of went a bit more, obviously, a bit more defensive. They had a base of like Samari and Ndidi kind of thing. And I thought, you know, what? I thought Leicester kind of started not well, but like it felt like okay. They had, you can tell they had something to play for. Yeah. There's a structure like the crowd, as well. Yeah, 
And the crowd obviously was getting behind them, and you just felt a bit more bite from them. Like you know when like indeed like indeed Samari was springing to challenges, mm. Manus was trying to get on the ball. I thought Samari had a really good first twenty minutes, to be honest. Yeah, that's like, good on the ball as well. I was getting frustrated. Cause I was just thinking. Like, Ndidi, Samari, Tillemans have not looked good all season and trust us to be the, the team that make them look good. <laughs> <laughs> like, trust us to be the team that make them look good. But um, you saw Bardi on the shoulder, especially the last 10, especially the first 10, 15 minutes where he was just like, okay, I'm trying, trying to play on the shoulder. And then I think Madison tried to play him in a, a few times, but Alisson done very well in sweeping, um, you know, his, his, his box and his line. But yeah, I thought Leicester kind of, you know, they were trying to make it kind of like a basketball game. And I felt like we... We were kind of getting to grips with it. I don't think we started that well, to be honest. Um, I feel like we could have kept the ball a bit better and we were trying to go forwards a lot. And I feel like in the first 10, 15 minutes, when the crowd is like, you know, trying to get behind their team, we should have kept the ball more and just, you know, just loads of short passes, loads of just tempo set in. You know, when you, you swing the ball from left to right, left to right, you know, just to get the ball uh, moving. But it felt like we were going forward straight away and obviously it was coming back back and forth. But not that Leicester had any, like, mad attacks or anything. Yeah, but there was nothing clear just, cut. Yeah, it just felt a bit more, a bit basketball-y. I don't know. What, what did you think about like our, our kind of start to the game? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to overreact. Well, yeah. just because, just because Leicester didn't look crap, didn't mean that we looked bad at all. I actually yeah. thought we looked very settled. I think um, what's been a major problem, obviously, all season prior to this little run, has been we don't adapt or adjust to the story of the game or the opposition at all, and we concede early. Whereas um, kind of Trent and for Trent timing when he moves into midfield, Fabinho knowing where to be, um, our circulation, our decisions on the ball were good. I just felt like um, all that was we were that we were waiting for was almost injecting a bit of pace and and creativity. So it was almost almost like everyone set everyone settled into the game, and yeah. Um, and yeah, just wait waiting for us to kind of stop pushing and knocking on that door which um which as we'll discuss did did very well mm, yeah for sure um i don't know just those that's first 20 25 minutes i thought i think diaz looked kind of a bit rusty um like he just his touch was not as you know secure as it normally is um i thought there's a couple of exchanges with madison where madison got the better of him and i just thought mm. Mm, like an old Diaz pre-injury would be a bit too explosive for, for Madison, you know, um, like a bit too quick for him. But I don't know, I think Madison got the better of him in those kind of exchanges. But obviously, naturally, as I don't want to be too harsh on him, actually, as that would happen because he's recovering from such a long-term injury. Um, I'm not obviously judging him that aspect, but he did look kind of rusty. I thought Gakpo as well. Um, I don't think he had his greatest of games. Um, I still saw the things that I like in his games, you know, um, being technically secure, you know, you just need to give a play. Some like, clever turns as yeah. well. Yeah. And, like, I felt like sometimes when, like, Kennison or something like that would fire a ball into him or, like, Kennison would hoof it, you'll just see Gakpo bring it down and then, you know, give it to Salah. Like, mm. I felt like he was very good in that element in terms of, like, you know, if we're under pressure, he'll drift into the side where we're under pressure and just control it and then turn out the other side and, you know, have a dribble of it or, or pass it off. But, yeah, I, I still didn't think he had his greatest of games, like, in terms of, like, attacking, you know, getting to, like, good positions. But, yeah, um, we I think we do well to kind of get into grips of the game. We sustain pressure a lot more. Fabinho grows into the game, and I think he has a fantastic game today. We'll get onto him, but he grows into the game. Um, he like wins his challenges. He's able to kind of sustain that pressure that we kind of need. Um, calm on the ball as well, composed, and I think the, so. The goal comes from 
us running behind. And it was funny because I didn't think we'd done that enough in the first 20, 25 minutes, but Diaz runs in behind, Alisson finds him, obviously gets yeah. the ball. I think he plays it to Henderson. Henderson plays it to Salah. Then Salah, in his playmaking bag as usual, um, crosses it. And then it's a great finish from Jones arriving at the back post, his left foot to finish it. But yeah, I want to talk about like how that our midfielders, especially in this new role. So from what I gather, it's a 4-3-3, right? Um, but in build-up, it's a 2-3-5. And essentially, the centre mids are playing as two twin tens. So they're playing as twin tens either side of the, the striker. Right. So, um, so I don't know, obviously, at the time we're recording, um, for those listening, we're recording straight away kind of after the game. Did you watch the interview between Trent and Curtis? Yeah, I did. Um, yeah. Straight after the game. So I think... It was super interesting that they were discussing the five and five uh, method yeah. that we now employ, which is almost like five of us will sit back. So the two holders where it's yeah. Trent and Fabinho and then five of you will go forwards. And exactly what you said, um, Kendo was making the pitch wide on the right side, allowing Salah to tuck in. And then um, Jones was kind of underlapping and overlapping on that on that far left side which allows all three of our strikers to tuck in. I I personally think, I mean, Jones mentioned it himself, that it's helped him so much because a big thing we've discussed about Curtis Jones is in the first third and the middle third, Jones is a bit of a nothing player, not because he's not talented, but because you can see he doesn't care about that part of the game, like him receiving our ball on the edge of the box. I disagree. Jeff, I disagree, you, you know. I think he likes that you touch, I touch stuff. Like, I trust him to do that a lot more than Elliot, for example. Like, to get okay. off the center There's a difference, what I'm saying, between... I think trust, he's quite trusting, risky. Yeah, which I agree. That's the problem. But what I'm saying is that Curtis Jones is the kind of player who is a talented and has a talented player who has quality on the ball. So yeah. doing that in the first third, where those qualities lead to very little output, in the sense yeah, of yeah. you're not yeah, you're not yeah, creating yeah. a chance, you're not doing something clever. It's all about be safe, be safe, be safe. Whereas yeah, everything yeah, I associate yeah. with Curtis Jones in terms of what he's best at is all valuable further up the pitch. So Curtis Jones basically said that my starting positions are naturally way higher. higher. I stay way higher up the pitch. I stay between the lines and receive the ball. Um, all things that we associate with him. And like today, there was a massive moment in like the 70th minute and this is the biggest difference. Forget the goals. It was when Curtis Jones was kind of facing out wide and every time you'd think it passed to Diaz. And then with the outside of his foot, he put Salah in. And oh, it was yeah, just nice. like... Yeah, it, right. it was a disguised yeah, pass. Yeah. Exactly that. And it was like, no, I'm Curtis Jones. I'm more talented than the Hendersons average, and, yeah, and Wijnaldum's player. and previous players we've had in those positions. I've got more creativity. So I'm going to make a choice that shows that I can do something different to what you get in that position. And I think that's what yeah. Jones has always needed to do. I think Jones, because of how competitive our team has been, has always tried to show that he can be a Wijnaldum or be the player that fits in. Whereas now he's realized, no, nah, I've got to be myself and be different to what we have to actually get into this team. Yeah, I agree. But... I feel like with this system, we've given the platform for him to be himself. Because like mm. you said, he's receiving the ball higher up in those positions where 
he's kind of that's his strength because we obviously know that like in the reserves he played a lot further forward right he played left winger he played 10 so he's comfortable in between the lines and I've been saying I feel like Curtis Jones is as important as Trent in the system and I know obviously Trent's getting all the applaudits um, in terms of all the assists and also the goal he gets today but like having a midfielder that can you know be comfortable between the lines can join up with their attack um, because have you noticed Robertson's not really going forward anymore as much? Yeah, so, not at all. Left hand side is literally just Jones and Diaz, and maybe the odd you know overlap from Robertson, but it's his side essentially, you know, and it's his job to you know underlap, overlap, support the attack, and you know getting behind. So um, yeah, he's very very essential to the way we play, and I feel like with the position you can see how it would work when we get other midfielders in. So. For example, you could see a McAllister in that position, right? You could see mm. um, a Gravenberch in that position. You can even see a Mason Mount in that position because, like, those are players that like to receive in between the lines. Those are players who like to, you know, feed the attack. Those are players who like to go and join them with the attack. And this is what Kurt Jones... I, I, um, think, I, think I think also it's a massively, like... Um, you. How can I describe it? It's like a you-choose-how-you-want-to-play kind of position an area yeah. of the pitch, it's almost like, right, what's your strength? Are you a dribbler? Are you a guy who likes to make room for a shot? Are you someone who looks for the final pass? Anyone who plays in that area and in that zone, in the way we play it now, um, can choose how they want to do it. So it and opens role, up so many possibilities. You're right, completely right. And you're right. So the role that we had before that, so in the, in the 4 3 where when Aljim had to play, yeah, that role the most was restricted so, role on the pitch. Yeah, it was so defined, right? Like you... Even without Genie playing it, you already know what he has to do in terms of covering the fullbacks, you know, a lot of energy, getting around the pitch, um, you know, just obviously just obviously covering, you know, covering spaces, essentially. So that role is really defined um, in terms of what you have to do. But this role is not defined, like you said. It's about your strengths and how you want to play it, right? And Jones, I feel like he's thriving in this. And I think what makes him so much more important to this system is that I don't think there's anyone else in our squad currently that can play it. As well as him, because if he put someone like a Thiago in that role, Thiago's not running the behind. Um, the, as much as the I love area him, coverage is huge, it's too big for Thiago to cover. That, that's as much as I love him, you will never see Thiago arriving at that back post. <laughs> you will never, never see Naby Keita arriving at that back post. These are players that want to stand on, you know, the center back's toes and get a ball and you know orchestrate play. And I, I um, think Thiago's role and, now is what Fabinho's role is currently. I think that's all Thiago can do now in this team. Yeah. Not saying he's limited. What I'm saying is, in terms of the expectations... That's the role that suits him the, the most. Yeah, that's the only yeah, way. If you're going to put him in one role, yeah, that suits him the most. But yeah, I, I don't think we have any other that, midfielder that's suited to that role. So he's literally... We've seen him play, what, seven games in a row. Um, and he's literally the only one that could do that role. So he, he's very, very vital to what we do. But yeah, um, it's a great finish. And obviously, I feel like he gets the confidence to then, you know, get forward yeah. again and we hit them with a quick double. Um, but yeah, talk to me about that finish. Like, Which yeah, one? talk to oh, me yeah. about that. The second Both. one. I mean, the, the second the first, one is... Even before we get into that second one, I think the first one, what people underestimate is that the ball bounces just before it comes at his foot. So he has to, mm. actually have to guide it down into the ground and he's yeah. hit the side net as well. So like, this is, we're talking about a player on his weaker foot, on the run, such a controlled finish quality. Like... And um, and that's a sign of a good player because sometimes what a player might try and do is control it and then hit it. And by the time they've controlled it, the keeper smothers them or something like that. So, um, yeah, well, that was the guy as well. Sorry? They can sky it, they can yeah, sky it as well. Yeah. I mean, look, look at Nunes last week. Again, the ball bounced just in front of his foot. The 
technical execution of what Nunes did was miles different to what Jones did. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, man, this, this for me, the second one is just like Carragher was saying, like you're saying, it's just a sign of a player that you you play best when you do really good things without thinking about things, when it's all instinctual. You know, you know, sometimes, I mean, Pete, you play football. You know, sometimes you play a really good pass and you're just like, rah, did, did I actually do that? Just like, yeah, yeah, not yeah, even yeah. on the run. Like, just, I didn't even think about it because I'm thinking about the move. And that's I like to say that, like, you get the feel of the game. Like, yes. you know, you get, like, so you, you make, like, a good pass you, you, or, like, you score a goal and it's like, oh, like, yeah, okay, I've got the feel of this game now. Yeah, you know, give me the yeah, ball yeah. More, like, It's like he's in tune, in tune with, yeah. with, with what's going on. And I think, um, I think that was a huge kind of, it's weird because that first goal almost was like lift off for him for the rest of the game because yeah. the second goal happens fantastic finish and then the third the the the, the chance we have straight after that which is Gakpo's chance um Jones is standing right behind him and he, Jones I I was watching the replay and um when Gakpo actually decides he's going to control it and he's going to take a shot um Jones just kind of laughs cuz Jones is laughing almost like, okay, cool. I'm in the position, but you know what? Things are going well. More things are going to come my way in a bit. You have your yeah. shot. So, um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get, you're going to get some, yeah. Literally, calm down, calm down. You're going to get some, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, but that's, do you know what? That's the sign of, of what Jones was for the rest of that game, man. Like in that second half, you know, when Leicester opened up a bit and we were having these big carries and big, like, you know, opportunities to drive forward. It just felt like Jones was so much of a leader in what we were going to do in, in the moves. It was like, how can I describe it? Jones in previous months or years, you know, when um, he's driving with the ball in that left channel, yeah. he would pass it to Diaz first and then make a run hoping Diaz gives it back. Whereas this was like, he'd drive with it and he was basically telling Diaz like, nah, wait, I'm only going to give you this ball if there's nothing else I can do with it. So you just hold on. And it's just like that change in dynamic and ownership and believing that you're important to the team is, is so good to see, man. And it's like you're saying, maybe he truly does believe through these matches and all the training sessions he's been doing these last this last month, especially that he probably knows no one can do this like I do in the in this squad at the moment, and and more power to him, man, to carry that energy. I feel like he he always had, for me, you know, Curtis Jones I have stand up, but I feel like he always has believed. And if if you know Jones that you like you know him from the academy, he's had this kind of confidence in himself to the point where people have always said that like. Um, you know, maybe he's a bit cocky or maybe he's a bit arrogant and he holds on to the ball a bit too long but I think the problem with him is that like like you said that role that he did play before was so restrictive and it was like if you didn't play exactly like how Genie played it was a problem and like it was like oh why is he holding on to the ball too long or oh why has he lost that ball in that area and I felt like it obviously didn't help him you know that Klopp used to take him out of the team and he did kind but that, of make but that's what you're saying Pete but Pete, like what you're just saying now is exactly the problem, isn't it? Is that yeah. Curtis Jones could only get in the team if he wasn't playing like himself. Whereas now he is being appreciated for pay playing his natural way, which is the healthiest place to be in, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I definitely agree with that, you know. Um, but I, my problem with that is just that he didn't have the platform to do what he needed to do. Um, but 
yeah, I feel like, you know, I'd be remiss if, if I didn't, you know, um, I, have to, I feel like I have to call out the people that, you know, didn't believe in him because I felt like there was a section of, you know, kind of fans and and it's not necessarily the people kind of in our group chat and stuff like that, but like, it's just a section of like fans and people on Twitter that's like, you know, like sell him or like he's not good enough for the Liverpool squad. Um, why do you still have him and all this and that? And it's just like, to me, it's just like, how can you give up on a player of that quality? Like, if you generally watch football and you don't think this guy is talented or you don't think this guy is silky or like, then I don't know for you because like, this is as talented as a midfielder looks like in my eyes in terms of like getting on the ball. He can go past the player. He can, you know, I'm not saying he does all of these things, but you've seen that one moment in time, you know, where he's like, you know, but done the, a the argument would be, he's done, has he like, played like this? The argument would be how he's playing now. And you're right. You're right. What I'm coming to learn, because maybe I sat more in that, what is Jones really offering kind of camp? It's it's obviously becoming evident that our coaching or strategy team has been stubborn trying to make him fit into a template that's not him, rather than his talent level ever being low. It'd be you would be like, did you always think that like, okay, if this player put it together, he'd be quality. Like it was never a question of like, I'm not even sure this guy has the talent. Like it was never a question of you know when you yeah, look but, at some players. The, like, the question was more: hmm. is this role ever opening up? Is this style and requirement ever opening up in this team? And until the this period now, the answer was no, right? Yeah, yeah. I hear that, but even still, like even in the, so, even that genie role, maybe like if we, we didn't even give him like ten games or like eight games to really see can he make that role his own, it was just more like two or three games there. Mm, you're not really moving me. Off you go. You know what I'm saying? So like, if he maybe showed that he kind of. If he had a run of games to really show, okay, maybe we should temper this role, maybe we should change this role a bit, put someone there, put this on. But he never really got that opportunity for me. Um, so I don't know. I just felt like it was just so like quick in terms of just like discarding the player that clearly had the quality. Like I know there's some players that you know we look at, and I'm not going to see any other names, but like there's some players maybe for other clubs, right? That you look at, you think, mm, I don't, I don't really see it in terms of the quality. But I felt like with Jones, I, I saw the quality. It was just like, can we give him the platform? Can we give the position for him? To, to thrive, mm. but I, yeah, so I, 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 I hear what you're saying in terms of the position wasn't there for him, but I don't know I feel like the quality was always there in my eyes, but yeah, um, well, we, we go two no up, and it just from that moment, I felt like, yeah, Le Leicester really opened up pools, and it just felt like mm, this could be like three, four, five, bro. I, I was genuinely was looking at it, I was looking at it like we could be five nil up by half time, that's how <laughs> confident I was, like, we were. We were so good, and it, and I mean, I guess we should touch on it now because you, you kind of mentioned it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
the the difference you know do you remember a few months ago we did so many pods together about like how predictable we are how easy it is to play against us because we don't do anything apart from the most obvious pass when we're building up and it was almost like Fabinho decided that he was going to fade and like um and drop a shoulder and disguise every time he got on the ball it was almost like i'm going to face this way nah they're all and all the all the Leicester players would start shuffling across. He'd drop a shoulder, suddenly drive into drive past the two men that were there, or switch out the other way. And it was like, finally, you know, one time he done that. Like I think it came to he came so it was like on the right hand side of the pitch, mm-hmm. and then like he fainted, turned a shoulder, like he's like he spun his body, so he turned that he went out the other way. And then played like a left foot pass to Robertson, and now like you know when you just like go, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, you and know, do you know, like, do you know you how know, many times? Do you know how many times he did that thing of like, um, you know, when you're in defensive midfield and you're facing the centre back passing it to him, and the striker's almost like urging you to do it, but then you kind of go inside behind the striker and then just drive into the space between that midfield. It was just like. This is, I have not seen this Fabinho in. So I, I just thought that Fabinho had gone. Speaking, speaking honestly, I don't, I don't know what this period of the season represents. Am I meant to discount this because it counts for very little, or am I meant to? Oh, yeah, obviously, value you've this. On, you've been on holiday for 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 a while now, but I will say, if it, like the last couple of games, well, since we played this new system, he's actually looked like really good in terms of like actually being like a competent player again and like he obviously has to cover less ground and he just seems a lot more comfortable in this kind of like pivot with Trent yeah, he's um, doing it in a two right yeah um and even when he gets on the ball now like he's actually got a bit like before you know when we used to play like we'll play and you'd watch him he get on the ball and all of a sudden he just gives it to Thiago like I don't like I don't want the ball give it to Thiago you, yeah. you decide where the ball's gonna go and like he didn't take ownership or responsibility of like you know how we're gonna play at all um, but in this new system, he actually wants the ball now. He'll progress it if he wants. I even saw him run into a left channel today to support attack. And I was thinking, whoa, <laughs> I haven't seen you do that in years. But yeah, like winning tackles again. There was a couple of times where like he shrugged off like Vardy or shrugged off Madison. And I'm just like, wow, I haven't seen this for yeah. being in a long time. The, the other one as well was there were a few times Leicester kind of um, tried to visit from the centre-backs into their forwards or, or Madison. And there were quite a few times Fabinho would run in and slide and stop the ball from getting there and it's like yo i have watched six months of fabinho not reading or catch keeping up with play suddenly fabinho's eh, quicker than the forwards receiving it in terms of his his movement and his thinking and it was like wow so this is what a proper defensive midfielder does is it i really just i I don't know how to feel about it and i feel like there'll be other kind of liverpool fans as well that feeling the same boat as me like He's been so rubbish and, like, he's scarred me for the whole of the season to now put these performances up for the last, what, seven to eight games. I really just don't know how to feel because in my Same. mind, I had, I, really, I had really discarded him in terms of, like, I wanted a new DM sign-in. Next season, I was building without him. And he gives me these performances, man. I just don't know what to think. I'm just, I'm, I've got so much mixed emotions. Like, you know, like, like a relationship, right? And, like, Obviously, you obviously love your partner, right? But his partner's treated you so bad for so long. Let's say, <laughs> for example, you might have cheated on you or whatever. And then now, you know, they come back and it's like, 
Like they come back with the, you know, I'm sorry. They got you flowers. Like, you know, they come back with the, the, the good boy or the good girl. Actually, you're like, has he changed? <laughs> like, has he really changed? I, I just really don't know how to feel in terms of Fabinho, but he's been quality. I'll definitely say he's been quality, but I don't know, man. I, what, I, what, I, I, th- this was scaring me. Are you back in, Mush? Are you back in? Bro. Okay. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll put it as this, yeah? I'll put it as this. And I'm with you. I... I thought I think Fabinho from August to Feb well March was a disgrace, right? Like genuine <laughs> disgrace. So like I this isn't even like oh he's not my favorite anymore. It's like I can't I will drive him to the airport kind of thing. But this the problem is okay, here's my issue is I know we'll drift into maybe some transfer talk. But this version of Fabinho is genuinely so good that I'm starting to think the understudy to what we sign should be a player like Lavia or something like that. Yeah. Because I think you to agree with you. Yeah. yeah, because Lavia is good enough to play first team. Yeah. But he's also got a year or two to develop. And that yeah. one year is the Fabinho phase out, Lavia phased in kind of year where you share out that experience. That's where I'm sitting. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, just in terms of like, he's not totally finished yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's yeah. got a bit of life. Like, he made that you know the last little drops of, of of that cowpaw. You know, like he's he's got a bit of life. Um, so, and the problem is like, like you said, if you get in like such a more experienced DM or you get in like a a DM that expects to start every game, yeah, I think that that might be a bit problematic because this Fabinho on this new system looks very good as well. So. He's gonna get the majority of the minutes. You know, you bring in like a Jao Polino, you bring in Ugarte, they're gonna expect to start. But at the same time, Fabinho looks looks really good. So, like you said, Alavio could be perfect. But um, yeah, he he looked he looks really good today. Um, he played really well. And yeah, we go into the break. Obviously, halftime two 0 You're just thinking you're almost like fairing for Leicester, right? Because you think it could be like three, four, five. Um, we start to pop it around really well, and yeah, we look comfortable in in all, in, all, in all honesty. But yeah, um, I think it was on the 70th minute mark. Anything, I don't think anything else happened before then, but 70 minute mark <laughs> where um, yeah. we kind of, we get a free kick. Um, by the way, Craig Pawson, Jesus Christ, he's horrible referee. He is absolutely horrible. Why? Like, what, what did you feel was so horrible about how he was Like, referring? just the decisions, like, there was one, tack, there was one Johnny Evans tackle on Gakpo, where, like, he got none of the ball and it was like, he didn't call it. I felt like all the 50-50s in the first half were going to um, Leicester. And it was weird because the Leicester fans were also booing him in terms yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. what I was thinking. I just heard the Leicester fans saying he was having a no, shot. It's, he's one of them referees. I feel like both... He's that bad. Both sides will hate him. <laughs> <laughs> like, both sides don't feel like they're getting the benefit of the doubt from him. Like, he's that bad. But, um, yeah. Johnny Evans, by the way. Poor guy, bro. Like, can't be playing him. Like, come on now. That's... He's quality, by the way. Johnny Evans is actually a really good player. He's been out really for seven good. months. No, so, but like, he's done now. He's cooked much. He's but like he's in terms of his career, fine. Great career. Great, like yeah. very, a very good great player. Career. But great he's career. what thirty six and yeah, coming cooked. off seven he's months. Cooked. Like, what did you expect? He's cooked. Like, he, no, but there was one where I feel like he tried to stretch for the ball in the first minute and he couldn't get it. And it was like, oh, bro, <laughs> bro, bro. Like, it reminded me of like you know when he plays Sunday league and it's like that old man at the back and it's like everyone loves him, but it's like when. You, but yeah, that man's not that man's become yeah. me, bro. So uh I can't say anything further. <laughs> but he just looked absolutely cooked. Um yeah, I thought I felt sorry for I him. I thought I um, thought weirdly enough, I thought um 
Johnny Evans, Johnny Evans had a better game than Wout Fass. I thought Fass is so rash and crap. Like he's a weird player because honestly, he looked quite good in the first couple of months when he came in, but yeah, he's yeah, yeah. rash. Like he's looked really no real that bad. first goal where Allison plays a long ball. It's on Fass's head. He decides not to head it. It bounces around and he misses out. Like it was, he is genuinely like bad in terms of he. Def- he's one of those defenders that defends for himself. Like uh, he's way too front fitted though. Like just yeah, yeah, yeah. Like way too front, and to the point where it's like you're putting your defense in danger because you just run out of position, or you like you said, you, you defend for himself because he wants to win every challenge. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. The detriment of his team. Um. But yeah, Vardy too as well. What's that? Fall, fallen dab emoji. Vardy. <laughs> it's all right, man. One... Listen, we, we ate, man. 100 Club, live the movie. All of this has come to an end, man. For me, yeah, the yeah, bigger yeah. problems, forget the Evanses and Vardys who are like yeah, nearly, nah. literally it's nearly 40 years old. Mares and Dakers and all them people. Oh, that, that's I, the thought, I thought Tielemans was such a non-entity today. Like, crap. literally had no impact on the game whatsoever whether it's on the ball whether it's physically whether it's defensively like he's been crap the whole season i feel like so what what i what i saw from their game plan i like to i like to look at people's like i don't know the way people set up i've always been kind of fascinated with it but he i thought they they played him like in a 10 role yeah um so like they played in in indeed in samaria as like two sitters and then to limons to kind of stick on trent but like you said, he was literally not, not doing any of that. And like the, I think the first 20 minutes, he'd done kind of well to kind of, you know, not give Trent any space. But after that, it was like he just gave up and didn't add yeah. any quality on the and ball. And he, he kept getting bypassed as well. Like Samario yeah. and Didi, and Didi would get the ball. And then the next person on the ball would be Madison. So it's yeah. like there was no phase of play which involved Tielemans at all. Boy. Madison as well. He he looked like he was trying so hard, but that team is so bad that it just <laughs> stinks. Like you know when you see like a good player like in a really bad Sunday league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying to get on the ball on the halfway line, but he really shouldn't be getting. This is like twenty twenty. This is like twenty twenty Zaha kind of <laughs> stuff, isn't it? Like, like he's just he's in zones that he shouldn't be in because they have such lack of quality. Like mm. those times where like you know people were pinching off him. I think there was one where like. And I thought, who was it? It might have been Gakpo or someone like that pinched off him, like, on the edge of his box. I'm just thinking, what's Madison even doing there? But, yeah. <laughs> um, let's 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 talk about uh, another great bit of quality that, you know, happened in the game. Trent's, Trent's free kick. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. You know, what a strike. What? I mean, before we get to that, by the way, Salah, free assist. Hey, we're leaving with something. Listen. Listen we're leaving with a double-double. We're leaving with a double-double season. Thing, bro. You know them men, like, obviously, another analogy, but you know them men in the club? And it's like, bro, how did you sneak off of that thing, bro? <laughs> I didn't even see you. I didn't even see you, bro. Like, how did you sneak off of that? Like, every, you know, every single night, this guy bags a ting, bro. And it's like, bro. bro, bro. Is, <laughs> he is like... How? Bro, like, all I can say is that, like, Salah's, like contribution level forget forget like quality Salah's contribution level is like unprecedented stuff man like in in terms of playing well playing badly doesn't matter how many touches he's had doesn't matter how his team are playing doesn't matter he is the ultimate leaving with certain footballer man more than Haaland, like, more than any of these guys. I like to call them like match winners. So Amaya is like, there's a couple of match winners in this league where it's like, 
they balance the game in terms of what they can do. And it doesn't matter how many, like you said, how many touches they get, but they can get an assist or a goal. Or, you know, they can, like, I feel like Haaland, Kane, Son used to be De Bruyne, Salah, like, Allison. You know, these type of players that, like, you could be playing badly, but they just shift the game in terms of getting a goal. They could win it. Them by themselves, in my opinion, they win you, like, five or six games alone. You, know, you know Salah didn't beat, didn't beat his man once today. Not saying yeah, in the, even in a bad pause, way. Pause, pause, pause. But oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, major pause. <laughs> but, yeah. but genuinely, I wasn't even like, I, and I'm not saying that in like a an insult or like even like a way I notice. I just clock now that yeah, I did yeah. not see Mohamed Salah dribble past. He was his fullback, Castagne. Yeah, and then it was Luke Thomas. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. Be, didn't run past them once, but it was all about, if you're going to give me an angle, I'm either finding a pass or I'm taking a shot. And it was, it was uh, like the the energy output today was minimal for such a productive game. Sick, so like, sick. I think, I think other than the first assist, the other two assists are just like I don't. They're not even jammy because he does it every week. But it's just like wow. Like I've never seen a player become be such an output machine. Like, and mm. I think he's on. So he's on nineteen goals and ten assists in the Premier League alone. And I think he's on like thirty goals, thirty goals all comes. But yeah, like what just. No, is it like 28 or 29 goals all comes? But yeah, just what a sensational player. Um, you know, like I keep saying, they, they call this a bad season. This is a bad season. I'm need more of that. <laughs> this is a bad season. Give me more of that. Oh, <laughs> Give I me keep more asking, of that. <laughs> I keep asking people, what are we gonna need, be leaving yeah. with? By the time, by the time this guy leaves Liverpool, what are we ending on? Because my I said, remember in the group, I was saying about how I need Mo to get close to 150 by the end of next season. Next season, bro, Mo is 11 goals away from 150 Prem alone. Jesus. Jesus. Wing, yeah, wing, by the way. Everyone after this, everyone from this point onwards is literally a number nine or a striker at the, at the minimum. We are, we are at 150 Prem from the wing. That's, that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's unbelievable, honestly. And it's like, we're witnessing greatness with him. And I just, I think I think about it, about this like once a day in terms of like, why isn't he appreciated the way he should be? Like, we're watching great. Like, this guy gets 20 plus or 80, 19 goals a season from the wing, like you say, for five or six years. And it's like, Pete, three like, golden boots. Wow. Three golden boots. <laughs> like, this guy can score how many goals? Like, and I just feel like he just, we're watching greatness. And I feel like some people, they spend their time just criticizing him and just, you know, there's some people, even in our group chats, you know, that I don't really like him. But it's just like, when he leaves, you're then going to realise that, you know, these goal scorers, they don't come on trees, bro. Like, you look at Chelsea. At you look at, like, it's so hard to find these goal scorers that, you know, even Man United, like, Rashford doesn't do this season, season out, you know, like, to find these goal scorers. But even still, the, okay, the game's not really about him. That Trent free kick. Talk about technique, because it's not every player that can whip a... Whip, whip, whip a ball like that in terms of into you know that kind of instep top bins. I think the nicest part about how Trent hits the ball is um, this is different to even a player like Coutinho, right? So when a player like Coutinho shoots, he yeah. shoots with um, a very small body shape with the ball with his legs very close to his body, whereas like Trent shoots with his like he's at full stretch as he shoots, yeah, so he gets. Right. Yeah, Beckham S. So you get like a maximum amount of whip and power as you hit it. And it's yeah. just and, and that's how he plays almost every pass he plays, right? Now, always... now you say it, sorry, that Coutinho like 
technique is it's quite weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's do you know what it's like? It's like um it's very much like a striker, someone like Defoe would do that when he shifts and shoots quickly. It's it's a very different way of hitting it than Trent, who looks like he's hitting a free kick or a corner with every pass he takes, kind of thing. And it just looks so lovely because of that, because he's just um looks so relaxed as he's hitting it. And um yeah, bro, I mean Trent to get six assists, Premier League assists in one month is just scare. It's just scary. And then to now top that off with a goal. I mean, Pete, you can talk to me about this. What are we saying for next season? What what are we going to be eating next season? Boy, he can, yeah. Like, he's going to break his own assist record the way he's going in this role. And like, you know what I'm really impressed by? Like, it's the way how he's adapted to this midfield role. And like mm. we've said for years, like, you know, don't play this guy midfield because midfield is a different terms of beast in terms of players being around you, you know, not being able to <clears throat> um, receive on a half turn, maybe your body shape, where to tear. But like he's kind of disbanded what we said in terms of I'm seeing this guy turn on the ball. I'm seeing this guy, you know, like there's a couple of times where like, you know, he's receives it on a half turn, but he's able to kind of turn on it and then play yeah, a lovely yeah. progressive pass. Or, or like, he'll like or he'll lift a leg. To, to fake a pass and then just shift the other way to make yeah. it himself. And, like, he's really learning on the fly. And it just shows him how awesome and how incredible a footballer he is because we ha- he hasn't had a pre-season to learn this role. He's just been thrown in it. In the Arsenal game, it was like, you know, where we haven't got much to play for, you know, an effort, go do that role, you know. And he's literally learning on the fly now. And even with all these, you know, bodies, pulls around him, He's able to kind of find that space, make these progressive, really progressive passes with so many bodies around him. Because what you used to see in Trent, you know, from right back with loads of space and time to really pick out a pass, you know, play that ball, like, ball in front of him, um, play, you know, those long-ranging passes. But it's really, like, there's a lot of range to his game now in terms of, you know, he might play, like, a lofted ball into Gakpo or he might, you know, play, like, a long ball into Robertson or he might play, like, a, a really direct ball into Gakpo. And I'm just... Yeah, I'm I'm super super impressed of him playing in this midfield role. What would you? How have you liked this midfield role that he's been playing? Yeah, I, I think um, I, th- I think the more I think about it, and and I saw a kind of I was listening to what Jamie Carragher was saying about it, and it is true, and I think you've probably noticed this as well, is that even the things we say Trent doesn't do well, for example, tackling or engaging the ball, he's doing better in this midfield role like even the defensive side of things. And I think one thing that we are seeing is this is almost the perfect role for Trent in terms of doing the things he hates least. So essentially what I mean by that is you're in central midfield, you're picking up the ball in attacking positions. Great. You get lots of touches of the ball. Great. But then what did we say about what he'd struggle in midfield? We said that it's an explosive position, a lot of short sprints, a lot of um, ever-changing pieces at a very fast pace. Because he still plays at right back when we're defending, he doesn't fatigue because he doesn't have to do that part of the game. It's Mm. almost like he only does the possession-based parts of the game in midfield. And then he has the more relaxing vertical type of defending at fullback. So he's getting the best of both worlds. And listen, you've got to be a hell of a player to get out of all of that work rate in both positions. Um, So he's very much deserving of it. But I think it's just perfect for him. This role is completely tailored to letting Trent do what he does best 
on the most occasions. So, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm fully, I never thought this could happen. This is obviously shows why I'm not Jurgen Klopp, but I never thought this role would be, um, would be balanced out between the two positions so well, because there's nothing anyone can tell me from these six games. Nothing has been like a, a lucky run. He's come up against all kinds of profiles in, in midfield. He's come yeah. up against Samare and Ndidi today, who, if nothing else, are PMP workhorse kind of monsters. And he's wriggled out of trouble. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came up against Xhaka. So, yeah, come up against... And, and then other other side of like... He's come up against tactical setups like Brentford, who are really organized and really well drilled. And he still yeah. managed to influence the game. So I think Trent has, in this last month, shown that he's come up against every kind of profile you can come up against in midfield and still flourish. So I'm just so excited about what a full season of this looks like. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. What, what do you think? Yeah, and do you know what? Yeah, another side of this is just like... I think I put a tweet out in terms of like, listen, like Trent, he's got he's got these defensive deficiencies, but like, how can a, this player is so talented, so gifted, like have that one the right for? I feel like it's our job to make sure those deficiencies are hidden. Hundred percent. Like it's not 100%. it's not Trent. Like, and I know this might sound like oh, but a tear, but like from what you get from him, like going forward and you know in build up and those progressive passes, how can you possibly leave a player like that out of the team? Like. It's up to you to maximise his strengths and, you know, limit his weaknesses. And it's almost like, okay, cool. Like, I know people say you have to improve defensively, better to tear, but Trent is who he is at the end of the day. Like, if he was to improve his, like, you know, defensive abilities, he would have done that by now. I don't really think... He, he might obviously be better, but he will never be this extremely great, you know... He's going to be Maldini, is he? Yeah, he's never ever going to be this kind of, I don't know, you know, great, great <laughs> So... I think it's literally like it's, it's up to Klopp to find a system which hides deficiencies, and we've done that for many years in the four three three with Henderson on his side. When Henderson was like a kind of a beast and used to cover and track him to the tear, and now obviously Henderson's kind of you know um, athletic capabilities that went down. We saw you know Trent was obviously involved in a lot more, um, you know, a lot more attacks and a lot more you know um, duels and whatever down his side, whatever. And we obviously struggled with that, but like with a player like Trent. We need to get the most out of him. We need to make sure he's always playing and we play to his strengths because this is just a one-of-a-kind of a footballer. Like, most midfielders don't have the ability that he has. And this guy's a bloody right-back. Like, in midfield, who does the ball go to? The ball, when people have the ball, when Van Dijk has the ball, when Canati has the ball, I'm looking for Trent first. Okay, if Trent's not available, all right, I'll go to Fabinho. I'll go to Jones. Like, Trent is the technical leader. He's the he's the guy responsible for, you know, speeding up the game, slowing down the game, progressing the ball. And yeah, like he's just a wonderful, wonderful talent. And he might be, people might say he's crap defensively. I'm not even, I don't care about arguing about, about it anymore. Like, and I feel like as Liverpool fans, who cares if he's crap defensively? Look at what this guy can produce on the attacking end. Like who cares? It's up to us to find a plan to deal with that and to cover his efficiencies because he's a generational talent on the ball. So stop wasting our time defending him I, I constantly like who cares he's a generous talent on the ball let's get the most out of that and I feel like it's a shame that Southgate can't do that as well and it might not be Southgate's fault because maybe he doesn't have enough time on the training ground to you know implement him to Liverpool into England's play where to, to tear but like if England could really you know um find a way to put him in that team they should because he's a generational talent yeah and and I think the the other thing that 
completely discounts the stupid thing of, look, I completely agree. Trent by now should be a better defender than he is because as you get more yeah. experience, you should become better at defending, of course. Yeah. But this whole thing of like, oh, do you see Trent's defensive deficiencies were always going to catch up with him? It's like, no, because when Trent was at his best, we were one of the best Premier League teams ever and we got to three out of five Champions League finals. So there is the upside of Trent Alexander-Arnold being maximised is far greater than you thinking you're proven right because of his worst season. Like, you plan a squad based on what players do at their best. And Trent yeah. at his best, literally, exactly like you said, they are players you can probably count on one hand that possible better than him. Simple as that. So who's putting that to waste just to have peace of mind? Well, I might as well <laughs> put, put Steve Finn in there then. What's the point yeah, of having yeah, yeah. someone as good as Trent Alexander-Arnold? And we, and we need to stop doing this thing. I feel like... Um, People are still stuck in the template of football we grew up watching where only certain formations and certain roles exist. Like, forget looking at what the position looks like on a formation board. Think about what do you expect that player to do for his team? And this is why I'm, I'm kind of happy that Zinchenko has had the season that he's had because at least Arsenal fans now understand when someone says, oh, Zinchenko doesn't defend well, or, you know, oh, Zinchenko isn't your normal type of left-back. But they're starting to realise, like, do you know what? He might play at left-back, but he's in the team to do something different. So I'm almost relieved that there's another player who operates in this league that does something different and unconventional to his kind of position on the pitch in, in the classic sense. So, so yeah, man, um, more power to Trent. I think what the one thing I want to see change in Trent, not change, Change is the wrong word. One thing I want to see given to Trent is as Hendo probably plays, I'd hope plays less and less with the age that he is and his athleticism and injury record, I'd love to see Trent made vice-captain. I think that, that would be super cool. Because um, okay. he's coming into, he's not 19 anymore. We're coming into kind of 23, 24-ish range now. So I'd, I'd love to see Trent kind of vice-captain to to Van Dyke and then being able to captain the team when Virgil doesn't play. I think that's a that's a nice next stage of his development because he's been a senior player in terms of importance for, for a good while now. Haven't we had problems with that before in terms of like Salah getting like a bit, you know, yeah, a bit, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. you just think, you just think credit's just more suited to the role, you know, being a scouser, being... Yeah, I, I think I think Salah just needs to be sat down and told that your focus just not not even hold that. Just you need to just focus <laughs> on scoring goals, big man. Like there there are What the hell? You can't say that, bro. <laughs> Why not? That's like, you know, like keep keep politics out of football and you just stay in your lane and you know, like this yeah, giving yeah. like just stay in your lane, big man. No, 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 but you can do it in a good way. Salah's already a leader on the pitch, right? He's one of the most senior yeah. players, one of the best players in the world. It's not like his status is under threat. Do you get what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's just because Salah isn't officially wearing the armband, he's obviously still part of the leadership committee and all of this yeah. stuff that we have running in the yeah, club. Yeah. I, just, I just think it would be... I think Trent is a kick-up-the-arse kind of footballer who is 
relaxed as a person and needs the fire to be put in him sometimes. Whereas someone like Mo is an egomaniac who is driven all the time. So you don't need to give him an armband to, to kind of ignite that. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, I wouldn't mind either, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty happy with either. Obviously, with Milner going um, at the end of the season, I'm sure we're going to have to have some more, you know, um, captains, um, you know, in the squad. But yeah, so let, let, let's let's talk on it, you know, the elephant in the room. Liverpool, we are currently one point away from top four in terms of Man United. Um, they're on 66 points. Newcastle United are on 66 points and we're on 65, but Newcastle and Manchester United... Deserby's got a plan for me, my brother. I can tell you <laughs> that now. Newcastle and Manchester United have a game in hand um, on us. So, I believe our remaining games are Villa and the relegated already Southampton. Um, Newcastle play Brighton on Thursday. Um, and I think Man United play Bournemouth their next game. Um, yeah, well... Can we make top four? Are we going to make top four? Um, I know we need a two-game swing in terms of, you know, we need one of Manchester United or Newcastle to draw and lose or, you know, lose and lose. So, yeah. What, what, are, you, what are you telling me, Mosh? Are you hopeful? Are you not? Are you optimistic? Are you, are you pessimistic? Can we make it? Yeah, I, I think I'm definitely optimistic. I, I'm optimistic mm. in the sense of I'm, I'm positive about it. That doesn't mean I believe it's going to happen. What I mean is... We, I'm just happy we're in this kind of position where yeah. these teams now can't afford to slip up. I think where I'm hopeful is Brighton are more than good enough to frustrate Newcastle. I'm not even looking at it as losses. Um, mm -hmm. I think Gary Neville was saying that Newcastle and Man United have to just assume Liverpool are going to win these last two games and they've actually got to do something. I think what yeah. helps is we don't need two to three losses we just need draws and and stuff to to kind of disrupt them i think brighton are good enough to hold newcastle i think um bournemouth are exactly the kind of team that will annoy man united um it's just after that my my hope is newcastle got leicester as well right uh, yeah I'm hoping, you know, when a team is going down and it's like the final fight, Leicester need to win the last two games. I don't care if Leicester win or not, but Leicester need to show me enough fight to make sure Newcastle don't win. Uh, that's where I'm sitting. What about you? Manchester United versus, obviously, they've got Chelsea um, at home. What do you think got... about this Chelsea team, though? They've got a few wins and stuff now. What What, what do you think? One bit, they're stinky as hell. Um, very, very stinky. It's Lampard. Like, I've never seen a manager so clueless in my life in terms of just not having an idea, being so reactive. Um, yeah, they're just not moving me at all. I feel like they have a talented squad. So, um, like, I feel like if a good manager comes in charge, obviously they're getting Pochettino. I, I could see them finishing like fifth or fourth next year quite comfortably if, like, you know, the right manager gets his hands on the squad but but you've got no right hope in this current Chelsea yeah this current version of Chelsea I've got no hope you know just no hope but um, really what yeah. do you think that United Chelsea score is going to be I'm hoping for a draw but yeah I'm hoping for like a like a nil-nil draw I feel like both teams kind of struggle to score um, mm. and we just we, Bournemouth can have something for Man United I feel like Bournemouth away from Bournemouth away I may not pick up points away from home um, so 
Bournemouth could have something from United. So Bournemouth are um, good. They're not yeah. Crap, by the way, Bournemouth. They're, they're not. Right. They're not like, there's they're enough there. Team. But yeah, you don't really want to buck Billing, Solanke, Lerm on a bad yeah. day. Bro, the thing about Bournemouth is they're busy, bro. They're busy. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. energy. The pitch is small. You know, they, they'll get around. They're, there's enough there to, like, just... All, all I need is... Like, even even if Bournemouth start quickly, go 2-0 up or something, and then throw it away to draw 2-2, I'm cool with that. Just give United an annoying day. That, that's all I need. You know what? I think... If we get 71 points, I think we get top four. I don't know who slips up, but I just don't... When do you ever get over 70 points and don't finish in the top four? Like, nah, I, th- I think so it's been 75, rare. hasn't it? No, it's, I think it's, it's normally like 68, 69, 70. That's what normally gets you top four, I believe. Mm, let um, me check. I'm not even, yeah, I'm not even doing it to be difficult. I'm just checking out of interest. But I just feel like if you get 71 points, you should really get top four. But I couldn't tell you who's going to kind of drop out of it. But listen... From I know it's really boring, but Liverpool just win your next two games, and I honestly think we could make it. Like, make don't draw, don't do anything. Win your next two games, and let's just see where we are. Um, Peter, I've got to apologise. You know, the bro, the I love last stuff, bro, bro <laughs> I love you know stuff. the <laughs> last I'll I'll read it to you. The last three seasons, yeah. Last season, seventy one got you fourth. Yeah. Season before. 66 got you fourth. I'm saying, bro. Season before that, six, uh, yeah, 70 something got you fourth again. Like 71. If you get 71, that should get you top four. So if you win our next two games, that really should get you top four. But I feel like we'd be very, like, kind of, you know, um, to be honest, it's, it's our own fault. I can't say that we'd be harshly done by, but it should get you top four. Do you know how but excited I, I'd be if we get fourth? I would be not not even nothing to go on about. I'm just <laughs> I would be buzzing if we got fourth. Because you know if we get top four, it's like even in the worst season, yeah, even our bad season, we still get top four, built different, built different. That's what I'll but be not, on, bro. Not <laughs> even just that. I just think I already believed, believe having looked at this five-five system we've got. Two, three, five. No, yeah, 325, two, that system, yeah. I already believe next season will be really good. Yeah. You add Champions League qualification and what players that opens you up to, on top of that, bro, we're coming. All I can say is we're coming for <laughs> something. Um, yeah, and to be honest, even if we don't get top four, like you said, this new formation... And like seeing this kind of form from Trent, from Salah, from even seeing how Gakpo can fit in from this. Jota, from as well. Jota, Jones, my boy, um, even Virgil, Kanate, like these players, like you just a new system. Seeing how we reinvigorate, they look and like these last seven games are just it's made me excited for next season. So it's like okay, mm-hmm. before honestly, like you could ask me in January or February. I'll just be like, boy, I don't even know what's gonna happen. Like it was almost like the club, everything was just in doubt. Like in terms of players, even the manager, like, ownership. Everything just seemed in doubt, in question. But now it really feels like we've got a template to go in next season. Um, you know where players can now kind of fit in. And, yeah, I'm excited for next season. Like, even if we obviously don't get top four, I hope we do. But there's a really template and there's really structure, you know, to how we can kind of go on next season and improve. And, yeah, um, this run of form is just, yeah, it's, it's been invigorating me, man. Where are you sitting on, seeing as we're freestyling, yeah? Um Obviously, I, I, 
one thing that we you were right. I mean, Diaz looked off it in the first half. I thought he had a much better second half. Looked a lot quicker, a lot more explosive. So it could just be minutes in the legs. Yeah, one thing I'm interested I'm in. About that. Sorry. No, it definitely is. I'm not worried about him, Diaz. It's just obviously rustiness. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing I'm interested in is is the in this three two five. What kind of role and style of approach do you think will help get something out of Nunes? Where where on the pitch should he be when he plays? And and what how do you think we should play to maximize Nunes in this new way of playing? Um, so for Nunes, he needs to for me, you can't spend that much money on him, like playing left wing or whatever. Like he needs to be playing up top, like he needs to be in that central role. But I think preseason is really going to be key for him in terms of learning, you know, um, that kind of role. So learning when to kind of, you know, maybe come drop deeper or maybe running behind or having to link up with, you know, the twin tens either side of him. And yeah, we'll kind of have to kind of really get him acclimatized to that. And I don't even think Gakpo is like playing amazingly right now, right now, but it's just that he's just dependable. Yeah, his game intelligence is just a lot more than Nunes's, right? You know, and I, I'm a big Nunes fan, but you can rely, like you said, you can rely on on Gakpo to, you know, the right game situations, to have a good touch, to link up with his players, and just yeah, be dependable. And Nunes isn't that at the moment, you know. Um, he's obviously, I think he's a bit more of a goal threat than Gakpo, to be honest, but he's just not reliable and dependable in terms of what he's going to do and his decision making. So for me, to kind of to get the best out of him, I'll play him in that kind of central role, but those twin turns either side of him, for me need to be really technically technically secure. Um, mm. So, you know, they need to be the ones that kind of, you know, um, get on the ball. They're a bit jinky-majinky. They can find him. So just allow Nunes to just be on the shoulder. Like, Nunes, for me, like, look at Haaland, for example. Like, this guy, what, he had, what, two or three touches before he scored against Everton? Like, why mm. can't Nunes be that kind of same player? Like, we don't, why don't we, why do we need Nunes to be on the ball constantly? We don't, we don't need you know. Do you know that Haaland averages a goal every 21 touches? That's crazy. I never knew that. That's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you get the goals, no one could complain. Like, we, not everyone needs to be Benzema. I don't care about. Needs... I don't care about anything yeah. but the goals, though. I don't. I'm no, not even expecting anything else except the goals. No one. Not everyone needs to be Benzema. Not everyone needs to be. You know, these fan Harry Kane. Like, if we just get him, you know, in the box, just being clinical. Hopefully, he gets Fanny's feet next season. He learns English as well. But yeah, I, hopefully. So, like, for example, if you get like a McAllister. And for example, I don't know, like a Graven Birch or something like that, or McAllister, and um, I don't know, whatever, whoever you want to put in that kind of twin ten role, um, they'll just be able to kind of, you know, be a bit more um, technically secure. I think having someone like Henderson on 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 the, on the same side as like a Nunes, I don't think that helps. Um, I just feel like it's two players who are not comfortable on the ball. Henderson kind of, even though I love his kind of um, drive, and I feel like he has a good relationship with Salah, but. Yeah. He, he played well today. That, that combo with Salah was really good. Today. He knows Salah. Like, that's one yeah. thing I'll give him tennis. And he knows Salah's game and he knows kind of how he kind of wants, you know, the ball to be played. But for me, I'm so excited by like a kind of a new right center mid coming into the team in terms of like being able to link up with um, the striker and even running beyond like Salah. So if Salah's going to kind of make that inside run, Imagine like a Henderson that can get or oh, right to the mid that can get to the byline or like a Mason mm. that can get to the like you don't really see oh, Henderson I was on the ask anymore you. or go and pass the striker. So and there's one thing I'm sad about with Nunes in his striker role. Just that direct so so when Trent's playing that pivot role, that run, that ball over the top, like you can imagine Trent finding Nunes like constantly that just that direct ball, you know that direct ball just over the top, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nunes. Like I think Trent that could work really well, like really well. 
And and in terms of that right centre mid role, right? Obviously, what we've seen, and it's super key to Salah playing well, is Salah having a player he understands or has a good understanding with, knowing when that player will kind of go around the outside of him to allow him inside, when that player yeah. might underlap. And you're basically playing in a triangle between him, Trent, him and Trent, right? Yeah. Is there a player you've seen? Because even though Henderson can be frustrating on the ball this season, especially, um, he obviously knows positionally he's really good at knowing when to help us stretch, when not to, to open up other areas of the pitch and allow other players to get on the ball. Is there a player you've seen you think would do that really well? Um, to be honest, a realistic option, no. Um, I don't, actually don't think there is. Um, just because I feel like that player would have to be really comfortable on a byline. Yes. And how many, how many midfielders do you know that are really comfortable on a byline? Um, it's like comfortable on the byline, but also willing to get back and tackle and stuff yeah. like that as well. It's there really is one player that I can mention, but he's not going to get him. Valverde, hmm. right? But that's perfect. That is <laughs> that, that role. That, do you know what Valverde that is, is actually perfect. playing that exact role on steroids? That that's that's what that's, he's doing. Because you know Valverde, you can play right wing, you can play centre mid, and yeah. that would channel be, on that channel basically. Literally perfect for him. But we're gonna have to teach him on that role. Um, I feel like most of the centre mids that we be linked to, so McAllister, Graham Birch, Mount, um, they're all like that kind of left left centre mid role. Like they all want to play yeah, that yeah, Jones yeah. role. So we're gonna have to teach him to play that role. Even Bellingham. As well, maybe you would have been perfect for that. that role, man. I don't really know. Oh, what? It's so difficult. Let me even think. Is so, a midfielder that wants to get, wants to bypass Salah, like wants to get beyond Salah, allow yeah. Salah to kind of go inside. Like it's hard. I think you can teach Mount that. I feel like Mount could play that role. The only other player I've seen play that role well, and let me explain myself before you think I'm going crazy, is that. When he was really good, which I would say is Newcastle slash early Tottenham, was Musa Sissoko. Used to do that really well. Oh, that stinks. <laughs> I know you mean that. I know you mean that stinks. But yeah, I know. You yeah, mean. you know the whole like bionic man around yeah. the outside, carry, 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 run, 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 run back as well. But obviously, like that wouldn't even work now. But yeah, I know what you mean. Just that. That arc, that kind of the profile, right? You're talking about the profile player. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That could play that role, but um, yeah, we we'll have to see what they do um this summer. We'll obviously we're linked with the whole host of midfield. Oh, Barella, Barella, right? Yeah, I, I guess Barella, Barella plays for me. He's a bit more of a goal threat, Barella, isn't he? Like in terms of yeah, but Barella can do a bit of everything. He's like that Valverde yeah. type, in it? Swiss Army yeah. knife. Barella, kind of someone that, that 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 could definitely play that role, but I don't know. Prize and out of into Italy. It's a bit difficult, but yeah. Um, I'm gonna obviously it's it's late at night, you know. I'm conscious of the time, but yeah, it's been obviously it's been a great pod. Kirkby boys back on top, you know. Um, it, the Academy boys doing it for us, and yeah, obviously we got um Villa on Saturday. Hopefully that we we get a win, you know. Continue this kind of you know just putting pressure on the team. Villa need to allow this form just for one game. <laughs> That's all I need I mean, at home. So um I always back us at home. Um Do you think your boy Ramsey could play that role, by the way? No, man. Like I, I like him, but do you know what I'm really frustrated by? It's the whole thing by like Ramsey's as good as Bellingham, Ramsey's the same player as Bellingham. Like, no, listen, no, like listen, let, let me be a bit outrageous. Let me be a bit outrageous here. No, you know how Jones is cooking at the moment. How different yeah. would Ramsey really be? Okay, no, I see that. I, do you know what? 
I prefer Jones because I think he's a bit more jinky and jinky. And Bellingham, I mean, and Ramsey's a bit idea. more like, idea, yeah, yeah, and Ramsey's a bit more like athletic, like, like. Yeah. So like, I, when I think of Ramsey, I think of like Willock as well. But Ramsey's probably a bit tidier. Yeah, but they're yeah. just Mad it's athletic. Like Willock, like, Ramsey is Willock with a brain. That, that's how I look at it. Yeah. So like, but um, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I don't think Jones and Ramsey. I think Jones and Ramsey are quite similar in terms of like ability for me. Um, mm. Just you might prefer one or the other, but. Um, yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's 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 it. You got anything else you want to? No, nah, bro, was was good, was was great to, to talk about a win. Yeah. It's almost like either get me for top four or fast forward me to next season, man. There's stuff to look forward to, whether it's in two weeks or in three months. I'm, I'm, I'm active now, man. Yeah, we love to see it, we love to see it, but yeah, um, that's been us at Cop End, um, between of us next week. Obviously, we still got. A lot of great um, Patreon content coming out this week. But, yeah, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.